to a meaningful marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million-dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real-life stories. Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Hello and welcome to Missoni and Marshall, the Meaningful Marketplace. We're here weekly to discuss the journeys of female food entrepreneurs. We're glad you've joined us today as we bring you stories of hope and inspiration. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce. And Sarah Missoni of Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center. Yay! <laughs> hey, Sarah, I um, have a food, food innovation center question for you. Okay. So, the um the fancy food show is coming up and it's going to be in Las Vegas. We haven't had uh, a fancy food show in person for a while and I know you go and bring some amazing people. Who are you bringing with you? We're bringing 14 companies with us from around Oregon and the West Coast. Well, and 14 is is more than you normally bring, right? It's manic. It's like a lot of people, but <laughs> I'm That's figuring like what the heck? I'm trying to set records here. Yeah, well, that's great. I'm excited. Uh, tell us who's going. So Straight Away Cocktails is joining us. Pink Wagon Foods, Ben Sauce, Calsa Salsa, Thrilling Foods, Waves Caribbean, Northwest Community Copac, Queen of Hearts, Saba Sauce, Bobby's Boat Sauce, Uba Hot, Best Damn Barbecue, and Retreat Foods. That is is a really awesome list of buddies. We've had some of those guests on the show. Yes, I know we have. Um, quite a few. And did you know that I'm going to? <laughs> yeah, because you're, you're going to be in one of the people's booths at the show. Yeah. The parts. Yeah. I, so Tanya was one of our past guests and she was looking for somebody to come help uh, give out samples and just kind of be there. And, uh, you know, I was really interested in seeing how food shows are going um, after COVID because I've only done them before. So I thought it would be good experience for me to go um, and be there for her at her first big show and, um, and just check it out and see how it's That's going. So generous of you, your seasoned showstopper. <laughs> well, and the other part I love is that you and I get to be roomies. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so we'll have to. Um, You're going to keep me out of trouble. Is what's I am. Gonna happen. I sure am. I'm going to be um... it's a hard job. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> well, I'm really excited about it. And I'm excited to meet all of the people that you're bringing that I don't know, because there's quite a few. I think I know about half of them. So yeah. um, we'll keep people posted on the fancy food show. And how yeah, and if anybody's listening, that's worked with the food innovation center in the past we're going to be going to the fancy food show in the middle of june at the javis center in new york oh, so wow. just dm me or send me an email and we'll get you on the list for when we have our meeting to sort of plan out what we're going to do perfect they can they can is that the best way to do it is to dm you or do they go through the food innovation center send me an email at sarah.masoni at oregonstate.edu perfect well that's exciting i'm looking forward to it 
Yeah. Well, Sarah and I aren't alone today. We have a special guest with us. I would like to introduce Stefania of Stefania's Kitchen. She makes dinners and sauces from scratch that are inspired by her Italian heritage. Hello, Stefania. Hi, Stefania. Hi. Thanks you for having me. We're so excited to have you. Uh, we want our listeners to be able to find you. Um, what's the best way for them to do that on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm only in the internet. Uh, you know, Instagram is Stefania's Kitchen. Um, on Facebook again, Stefania's Kitchen, and my website is Stefania's Kitchen. It seems like very easy, but Stefania is spelled S-T-E-F-A-N-I-A. <laughs> yeah, you know the um, computer autocorrects it every time I tried to write it. It's it autocorrected it first to Stephanie over and over, and I was like, "No, that's not it." <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm asked, if somebody called me Stephanie, I answer back, mm-hmm. but the internet is no. Yeah. in that way. You need to spell correctly. <laughs> well. Yeah. We, I made sure to fix all those autocorrects for our interview today. <laughs> can Hey, can we start at your kitchen, your mom's kitchen in Perugia, Italy? Can you tell us, you said that you, from when you were four years old, you loved food. Can you tell us what that means to you? Uh, well, my, my mom, he was a stay-home mom, so... For all my memory, I was doing all work in the kitchen table while my mommy was making food. And she always encouraged me and my sister to like try make this or like uh, test a different flavor. Uh, I was a horrible child. I wasn't test too much. So she was involved me on cooking because when I was cooking by myself, I was more involved to Right. Yeah. yeah. So that was pretty uh, interesting for me. That's and good. Do you, I know you have um, children. Do you now teach them cooking and cook with them in the kitchen like your mom did with you? Uh, I do. Well, my children are 18 and 16. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, they are cooking. One of them is really good on cooking and it's very interesting to test. Uh, uh, new stuff um, and, and I think it's kind of a great connection to have with the family time to cook together I have a wonderful memory of chat around the ravioli making time um, and my kids they are making pizza both of them uh, they are able to make gnocchi <laughs> so it's I'm, I'm keep pass the tradition from my hands to their hands. I think that's the nice, the the idea that I always have about Italian cooking is that it is an experience that, you know, it takes time. And so you are in the kitchen for a long amount of time, you know, making pasta and doing all this stuff. And then when I was watching, looking on your website and seeing your video, it's like exactly what I picture it would be like to go to Italy and, and cook with someone where you are hand doing all this stuff. And I feel like a lot of our cooking that we do now isn't that it's like everything has to be fast and, you know, drop a drop something in some water. And so I really like that you are bringing that back to us. Well, I moved in the United States uh, almost 14 years ago. 
And I remember then I was going to the grocery um, every two, three weeks. And, and I was looking at this woman and they were, have the full cart of a bunch of stuff. Um, probably they were making the grocery shopping for all week. But for us, it's different. Like our experience is like, first of all, you are not going in one single shop. You are going like to the bakery for the bread, to the butcher for the meat, to the fruit stand for the veggie. And it's like, it's a process. And you are buying ingredients. You are not buying already processed food. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was a huge difference for me here. When I stepped here, I was like almost under shock about the, the grocery cart of the other people. <laughs> Do you still shop that way? Do you um, go to different places or, or shop, you know, less often, but more frequently? Um, I still have my preference for <laughs> some items like uh, meat. I, well, I have another problem here that the cut of the meat are different than the cut that how we cut animal in Italy. So I found a way that somebody can cut the meat as I want. And yeah. so I'm going in some place for the meat and other place for the veggie. And, and now I have a food business. So I'm able even to have something imported from Italy. Oh, yeah, that's wonderful. And what brought you to Portland from Italy? Well, I married an American man and <laughs> we lived in, in Italy for the first part of our marriage. And when the kids, they were little, we start to think like, oh, it would be great to move in the United States and offer that experience to them. And so we did. Um, and we stayed. We love Portland. So we have no intention to go back in Italy just for visiting. It's great yeah. to be a tourist, but. We really love here. I have a question about your meatballs. So <laughs> I grew up, my father was Italian. He's passed away. And my mom was Swedish, Norwegian, Swiss, Irish, German. So she knew how to make Swedish meatballs. Meatballs, yeah. Yeah. And then Swedish meatballs are really different from Italian meatballs. But my mom tried to make her Swedish meatballs taste like Italian meatballs. So I never <laughs> learned to make proper meatballs. And then I married a Sicilian guy, Michael. And he has this idea that I should know how to make his nani's meatballs. I have no idea how to make meatballs. I've tried. I've like listened to him. I listened to his dad. I listened to all these people, but I don't have the recipe. So I was hoping you would give us just like a one minute tutorial on meatballs, please. Yes. <laughs> so there are so many different meatballs, but the main things that the Italian meatballs have in common is bread. So you cut cubes of, of bread and you uh, put under milk, then you squish out the milk and that's part of the ingredient. Oh, you squish of, out the milk. Yes. Oh. Uh, not, <laughs> not completely, but it needs to be still yeah. moisture, but not full of uh, milk. And then of course there is a Parmigiano cheese that is a key ingredient. Oh. And you know, I know that you care a lot about the ingredients that you use, and it's all very important to you. You know, if people go and look at Stefania's website, you can see that she, um, you know, she makes all the pasta for the things that she's selling and um, grates all the cheese and does all of these things. And that's the other thing that I think is the example of why, you know, 
maybe American cooking is different. Even if we tried to make Italian meatballs, people would buy, you know, processed breadcrumbs and um, already grated cheese and things like that. And I, I learned when I was writing my cookbook that I had to be very specific for people to not use those kinds of things because if if I put grated cheese, people would use packaged grated cheese. And that's going to make a dish totally different than if you grate the cheese because, you know, they put this like kind of cakey stuff on yeah, the anti-caking. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. I had to be so specific to tell people that because when I had people testing my recipes, it wouldn't turn out because they were using, you know, these other ingredients. And so um, do you find that, uh, you know, the ingredients that you use are really important in the, in your meatballs? I think so. Yes. And I, and I think another uh, point is like use less ingredients, but they need to be really good. Mm -hmm. You don't need to use like 100 different ingredients, but I don't know. My meatball, um, they, they are in a marinara sauce with oregano and the oregano is coming from, um, Greece actually but it's really good so I yeah. don't need other flavor I I just need oregano and garlic and that's it so you don't use basil you just use oregano yes I use oregano just oregano huh well Sarah you should um get Stefania's meatballs because that's that's actually the first dish <laughs> that I got from her we did the um Sovi Island market together this is this year, which is how we, we met. And, um, I, I got her meatballs and they are so good. So do they good. melt in your mouth? They do. They're delicious. The mm. sauce is really good. I mean, you can just tell that she I have puts, an idea. I'm going to buy your meatballs them. and I'll pretend I made them. I'll serve them to my husband. Absolutely. You can do that. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my main my my main product is uh, lasagna, and I have yeah. one client, and she's coming every single week, yeah. and I'm I'm selling the lasagna frozen. And one day she said, like, you know, I'm a mom, I'm working, and I pretend that I'm making lasagna every week <laughs> because I'm able to remove. <laughs> They put it in a different the pan. Lasagna and, and she found the pan that is exactly the same size. So she just removed it and she yeah. cooked and like, I made it. And of course, I'm Italian. I say I will keep the secret. No problem. <laughs> I, I love that. And I love that idea. And I love that. I mean, she is giving she her is family this wonderful food. It. Yeah, that you you put all the love into and she can pass it on to her family. And I think it's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... So if Sarah wants to come and get meatballs from you to um, serve her husband, how would she get your meals? Yeah. How do we get them? It's Friday night pickup. It looks like. Yes. So what happened here is like, I have a website. Every time I'm producing something, I upload the quantity in the website and you can order there and you have two options pick up on Friday at Cowbell. Or you can ask for deliver, and I will deliver the day after at your doorstep. So I saw a lot of your items are sold out. So do they sell out each week? Or how do you get, if it's sold out, how can I get meatballs or sold out? Well, I will make meatballs this <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to upload every two, three weeks. Uh, I'm having like a hard time right now at 
it's not easy to um, keep up with the production. Mm. And uh, I'm looking for a bigger kitchen that is not easy these days. Yeah. Uh, extremely expensive. Uh, my challenge is make the numbers still working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so every few weeks I upload. I even have a note in my website. If there is an item that is not available, if you write your email, the moment that I put more quantity on the website you will receive a notice oh okay luckily i i'm solding out every week that's great yeah i think that's a great problem to have um let's talk about where you uh are making it now are you making it from your home kitchen or do you have a different kitchen i have a big kitchen and i totally dedicate my own kitchen to do this i certify and like i'm working on it the kitchen is is perfect it's the storage space that i i'm struggling with so you have a big chest freezers plugged in in your basement sarah marshall if you ever (laughs) went to her house you would see she has like 12 freezers well, I don't have basement anymore. I have a freezer. <laughs> I have a full-size freezer. I have a chest freezer and I have another small freezer, but it's not enough. Yeah, that's how that's how it starts. And then now I, I really do have about 12 chest freezers. I have so many. I counted them. <laughs> Did you know that? No, it's wild. It's wild. It is wild. And it's very difficult to find um, a kitchen to rent because they are very expensive. Uh, I start to think that maybe I need to move and get another mortgage for a bigger house with a business in the side. Maybe that's the solution. Well, that's what we did. You know, I started out in my um, home kitchen as well. And we had a really little home at that time. I had no plans of having a food business in it, you know, it's like our house was like 750 square feet. But then, um, you know, we also then rented a kitchen and then I just, I wanted more space, but I wanted to be able to kind of use it whenever I, I needed to, cause I had my daughter, you know? And so, um, so we ended up getting another kitchen that had a commercial kitchen built into the basement. So there's things like that, that you can find. Now I think there's a lot of caterers that that have houses built that have like an extra kitchen in them. I feel like if you just um, Google, sometimes you'll find all kinds of crazy stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I will do my search. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But then, then you have to be ready to move. (laughs) Right away. Very fast. Yeah. 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 It's a lot to move. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll hear about all the other delicious things that Stefania makes. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of Meaningful Marketplace. With a mission to serve all Oregonians, we are committed to giving voice to those whose food and agricultural stories are not always heard. By providing access and opportunity for a more diverse and just food system, because food brings people together. Oh, welcome back, everybody. I have to ask Stefania about some of her pantry items, and then she'll tell us more about the things she's making. But I want to know a little bit about the salt that you have for sale on your website. Is that your favorite type of salt? Can you tell us what it is? Okay, so um, noni salt, noni was my mom 
And she used to make this salt and she broke so many um, kitchen robots to make it <laughs> because she was using the mix of herbs that she wants. And she was using the uh, rock salt, the sea rock salt. And then she grounded it together. And uh, he was our salt too for the bruschetta, to use in the potatoes. or And then we started using the meat. We, it's like the touch of nonna <laughs> uh, in every single thing that we made here at home. And a friend would say, like, you should um, honor the memory of your mom and, and make it in a small jar. And that's what I did. I love I that. that. Yeah. And is, um, has your mom had it or is she still alive? I couldn't tell if you were talking in past tense. <laughs> uh, for me, I call my angel in the kitchen. She's now oh, yeah. physically with me anymore. Yeah. But, yeah. but she's with you in spirit and with you through this salt, which is so beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. She's with me in, in every single thing. She taught me how made pasta. And I remember making pasta with a roll pin and she was making very thin and I was like probably 13 14 I was trying and I wasn't able and I was use my um, arms the elbow and I ended up to do the perfect pasta and the most large bruise in my <laughs> arms for how much pressure I put it in <laughs> So one of the things I noticed is that you you have beautiful lasagna. The photographs that you have on your website are very nice. And then you have the traditional, the vegetarian, and the umbrian. Can you tell us what are the differences? Is it just the filling or are the sauces different? What is the difference? Uh, the pasta is the same. For the traditional, there is the ragu and parmigiano cheese, so it's a red um, lasagna. The Umbrian, that is the region where I'm from, is white, and uh, there is a bechamel base uh, with sausage that are made, uh, is our made sausage, uh, and mushroom, and there is parmigiano cheese and um, mozzarella cheese. Oh, it does have mozzarella. Yeah. Yeah. Is, do you, are las, lasagnas your top sellers? Yes, they are. Mm -hmm. It looks so the good. traditional, the Umbrian, and then the meatballs. And then the ragu bolognese sauce. Oh, yeah. Let's tell people about the different sauces, because you have um, usually a few different kinds, right? Yes, I have the Nurchina. ragu. I have the norcina, then he's another thing that is typical in the area where I grew up. Then he's made with uh, outmade sausage. Uh, then we have zucchini and thyme, another oh. white sauce. Um, and then I have tomato and basil. And I'm trying to have seasonal too, but it's really hard to keep up with the production and the space I have. So sometimes I have the puttanesca, I have the arrabbiata, and it's very spicy with parsley um like the lasagna too i had the radicchio lasagna when the radicchio was in the season and collagen pear um, try sometimes to offer something different so the north is it norchina sauce yes what is in that is that a bechamel or no it's a cream cream, base. cream? Yes. okay cream base um sausage and parmigiano cheese Oh, so it has the sausage in it already. Yes, it's oh, already okay. cooked and grounded and yum. 
And so when people buy um, the sauces and the meals from you, so ev- do they get everything frozen? Yes, everything is frozen. The idea here is like you have already prepped meal and you pull it out when you need it and you can cook right away. You don't need to defrost. As yeah. I suggest many times, it's like you can pop in the oven and when you preheat that time, it will help to defrost and the time I suggest to calculate that too. Yeah, that's what I did when I got the meatballs from you. And I have to say it was so nice because I was working at the market all day and it was a very cold market. So it was nice to like get it from you, come home, just throw it in the oven. You know, we'd been gone all day. So a a lot of times those times of nights, it's like hard for me to get dinner on the table. So it was so great to just pop it in the oven while we were unpacking the car. And then we had these delicious meatballs and it was so wonderful. No, nice. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Have you thought about making soup? I I made soup. So before I have this business, I was um, running a place in Southeast Division. It was called Taste Unique. And he was a front store too. So I had a bunch of soup, of course, minestrone, uh, bean soup. And, and I was selling frozen too. It's... I don't have a space right now. Yeah. <laughs> At least if Sarah has an extra freezer to I know. I, I probably do. <laughs> For a I, lasagna today, yeah, you can have a freezer tomorrow. <laughs> my, yeah. my, my freezer space is seasonal. So, you know, I pack my freezers full in, in the summer because I'm filling them with peppers and then I start to use them through the winter. So I do start to have freezer space and we just usually <laughs> will like unplug them, you know, because it's like, then we don't need them until it's summertime again. And then I, I use them again. So if you're really in a jam, you can hit me up. <laughs> okay. That's a good idea. Yeah. Well, and I know, so I talked about meeting you at the market. I'm, I met you at the Sophie Island farmer's market. Is that the only farmer's market that you do or do you do other markets? Uh, that was uh, an experiment. I really enjoyed to be there. Uh, first of all, because there were a, a, a lot of uh, people that I met and they are in the food industry. And it's like, it was great to not feel alone. Um, I'm not sure that the farmer's market, especially in the summer, are working for me. Lasagna are still considered like um, winter food, a comfort yeah. food. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to figure out if there is a farmer's market then in the winter, then I can go and um, be successful. Yeah, it's hard to do farmer's That's market, hard. I think, for sure. Um, but how did you end up having um uh, pickup at the um is it cowbell creamery? Cowbell, yes, it's a it's a cheese place. If you've never been it is a lovely place with a um cheese expertise that they can open your mind about um, imported cheese and local cheese. The owner, Greg, is uh he was a client of mine at Testinic and one day you say like, why you're not trying to make lasagna again? I will offer a space here so I can have Umbria lasagna. That was his interest. Yeah. And, and I said like, well, I can try. Let, let me try. COVID eat. I, as many people lost the job. So 
I was trying to figure out uh, what to do. Um, I try and it worked very well. And I'm still doing after one year. Yeah, I that's I, I know it's so hard for people right now to figure out exactly what the world is going to look like through all of this and what they'll keep doing and not doing. And now that you mentioned Taste Unique, I remember that it was on Division, right? Yes. I yes, saw this division I'm 24. Yeah, I went there um because you made um for a holiday made a panettone and and yes. my grandma Dirk's Dirk's um grandma uh read about it in the newspaper or something and so she really wanted it and she was um like 93 at the time and she wanted this local panettone and so I went in there and I had never been there before and that um drew me there and then I you know continued to get things while it was open but it was a wonderful space Sarah did you ever go there no unique no no I uh, as we talk with people and women in the food industry around town that are more on the um prepare and sell side yeah I'm learning there's so much I don't know about Portland I'm sorry, people. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it was a wonderful space. It was very cool to be able to go pick up stuff there. I have never even been to Cowbell, and I'm supposed to be a cheese person. I know. That's surprising. Oh, yeah. yeah. Gonna, now I have to go. Yeah, you yes. do. I do. I have to go there for sure. Maybe I will but go they, there. Yeah, they even had the other day, they had uh, the Parmigiano Vaccherosse that he's not easy to find even in Italy oh. and the Parmigiano is very well aged and it's, it's not for pasta it's it's just for having any so delicious yes exactly are th- are there Sounds specific good. ingredients that you had to bring in from Italy because you couldn't find I'm sure I well Parmigiano cheese yeah <laughs> Is one, but uh, for at the beginning I was uh, use Italian flour, but now I discover that actually the flowers here are amazing. I make bread, the best bread I ever made. Uh, even the panettone was made with the local flowers. It's just you need to understand how they are classified because yeah. here are classified by protein in Italy is by uh, grounding uh, dimension. And so now I'm using just local flour and I'm very happy with that. What What is the flour that you um, like to use local local flour? Uh, shepherd. Shepherd's the grain. Low gluten, yeah. I'm using the low gluten and even the high gluten. That is very, very good. That's really good. It's good for people to know that there's a local option that people prefer. I mean, I'm I'm not much of a baker, but I know that some of our listeners are, so they probably like to know the flowers that people like. So the low gluten shepherd's grain, are you baking pastries and breads with that? Or what are you making? Not pasta. Are you making pasta with it? With the low gluten, part of the of the pasta is made with the low gluten flour, yes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I'm making like a, the Emilian old school means eggs and flour and little semolina, but essentially is is egg pasta, egg fresh pasta. I found, with the eye gluten, I make the focaccia, the pizza, the bread. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I noticed on your website that you sell some um, seeds. Can you tell us about that? <laughs> 
so when I, uh, during the uh, summer, I was looking for find the basil for make pesto. Mm-hmm. Genovese and I really like the 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 basil that he's from Liguri that he has a round leaves and I couldn't mm-hmm. find that and and I was looking and searching for seeds and I come across this company that make a specific seeds for growing in a pot oh. that you can have even inside the house right now and uh and the packaging it was very cute. I tried; they are working, and I feel like maybe somebody else can have it and enjoy like I'm enjoying it. That's nice. Yeah, I as soon as I saw them, I thought it was really wonderful that you found something that fits right in with your brand and your story. And so it's like you know, sometimes you see people's websites and they have a lot going on, and it doesn't really make a lot of sense. But I think yeah. that everything that you have is perfect. It fits along with um, you know your heritage, your story, all the things that you love, and everything looks really cute. <laughs> I oh, agree, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> Did yeah. I wanted to grow those tomatoes that you have on there? So maybe I'll have to buy the tomato seeds. Oh, the the San Marzano, the mini San Marzano. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds good. And and I never really have good luck growing tomatoes from seed, but I think I'm um I just think I need more practice. I always try, but I think I like I'm not good at if you have to like take them out and harden them off and stuff they always end up dying but maybe if i started in a pot and these are made for that maybe it'll work this time maybe you can <laughs> yeah i'm gonna get yeah. some of those seeds too and i'll let people know how it works maybe this is my <laughs> this is my year <laughs> that's the year 2022 sarah will make tomatoes <laughs> yep i'm going to that's a good idea <laughs> Last year, I had a lot of tomatoes. It was a good tomato year for me, but people had a hard time with tomatoes last year. So you were not alone. Yeah, all of my um, yellow tomatoes, like the yellow cherry tomatoes did really well, but I still didn't get any of them from seed. I I bought all like starts from the farmer's market. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even try, but I'm I'm going to try this time around. <laughs> and we also grow all our own um, basil for our bird's eye basil sauce. So maybe I'll try it with your basil because that would be a fun twist. Oh, nice. So, Stefania, have you ever thought about having your own shop where you manufacture the food in the back and you sell it out of the front like a delicatessen or something? Yes, it's, it's in my mind. Uh, it's really hard to plan something like that right now with COVID that every single step you are doing you are very careful and um, probably can be a solution I I even miss what I was doing at Test Unique then sometimes I was doing like special historical dinner and like or parity is like do something even more creative just once in a while to not do over and over the same thing but we will see. We will see if this happens. Yeah, cool. I think it's a hard time for people to do anything risky, you know, mm. so just because we don't know what's going to happen. So I, you know, whenever I've talked to any makers or, you know, new people doing things, it's like, I totally get the apprehensive and trying anything new. We're still at that point where we're all just like hanging on and hoping that, that we just keep can like, just still be a business. And, um, but, you know, like doing something new or getting us a physical space, I think is really hard 
right now for people to take that risk because well there's a few restaurants that were vacated by I know one of our famous chefs downtown and one of them was Italian but I would never suggest going into that location but that corner spot um where Penny Diner was the last thing it was doing was pizza and I think oh, yeah that would be a great grab and go place yeah but they they rent a lot crazy insane it's seriously it's like a rate of mortgage yeah yep yeah yeah it's hard time to take those risks but also i think that the city needs good grab and go yeah but for now they can go get it at cowbell as long as you can keep making all your stuff people can come get it yeah yeah Uh, I know that I remember at your booth at the farmer's market, you had some books that were um, teaching people how to speak Italian. <laughs> can you, can you, can you help Sarah and I to um, speak a little Italian right now? <laughs> <laughs> so the book, I have a few things that is like, uh, it's making me smile about what people think about Italian. So one of that, and we are talking with the ants. So, and, and yeah. we are, look at me, <laughs> I'm talking and I'm moving my hands. So um, I can teach you how to say that he's really, something is really good. You pointing your finger in your cheek and you twist your, this means it's really good. Okay, that's a good one. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always am afraid when I um, am, you know, ordering something at a restaurant or if I go somewhere to talk to someone about Italian cheese or anything, I, I know that I'm mispronouncing things. But does that ever bother you when people do that, when they are not Italian and they're mis- mispronouncing your beautiful language? <laughs> No, it's I'm I'm more uh, horrified when somebody presents me an Italian dish than is not Italian. That's bothering okay. me. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So I get like it. They, they they ask me all the times like can you make the Alfredo sauce? And I was like, Oh no, no, Alfredo <laughs> sauce is not Italian. It's like something that it was invented for Americans, but mm. it's it's not even easy to find a restaurant that offer do you have like I know you were talking about your nani's salt, but do you have any other secret ingredients that you put in your sauces that people would never imagine, like nutmeg or something like that? That really nutmeg take... is nutmeg is one of them. Yeah, yeah, because I put nutmeg in my stuff. Yeah, and I love nutmeg. I recently discovered that Indian people they are using nutmeg as a medicine, so oh. I'm curing the people with nutmeg. Yeah, I have a whole nutmeg and I just shave it into my sauce. I just had had somebody send me some spices um, and nutmeg was one of them, but they came, you know, whole in a shell and then you crack it open and then you grate it. Have you ladies seen those? The nutmeg or was that uh, the other one, the green one? What's that one called? No, it's nutmeg. It, um, they don't sell it here that way because um, I think, you know, it's just whatever. They already It's already cracked open. But um, but this is like, it's it's like the whole nutmeg is inside of a shell. So when you get it, you crack it open and then you grate it. 
Yeah, the seed is really weird. When you grate it, it has like little variegated spots and holes in it and stuff. It's pretty interesting. There's nothing like a fresh nutmeg. And I have to say, I've had a nutmeg that I've been just sort of using for like the last 20 years. And it's still awesome every time I shave it. (laughs) Because my mom mom gave it to me. Um, I have a little tiny piece left. Yeah, that's really I need to get some more. Yeah. Well, I'll give you some of the stuff that I got. I'll give some to both of you because they sent me quite a bit of samples. I mean, there's no way I could possibly use these like eight nutmeg things, like, (laughs) but they're really cool. So I'll, um, I'll give you each one so you can check it out. Oh, nice. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like we should sit down and have dinner right now. I know. Right. (laughs) Talking about all of this delicious food. Well, um, or maybe we should uh, go around a table and cook all three together. Oh, that would be fun. I know that would be fun. <laughs> I miss hanging out oh. with buddies. <laughs> I would make my uh, grandma's cookies. She made, we call them toasted cookies. They're Italian for my dad's. Biscotti. It's not, they never called it biscotti. They called them Italian toasted cookies because there with cream and butter, lots of cream and butter. It's almost a shortbread, but you do bake them twice. And mm. when I give them to people, they are just crazy for them. <laughs> it's I my a- secret recipe from my grandma. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> so at Christmas, I sent out, I don't know how many boxes, but for my aunts and uncles who are in their 80s and my mom, I make a huge box of it and I send it to them in the mail and I get these nice phone calls. Oh, you made the cookies. Oh, they're so good. <laughs> they so, probably miss them. They do miss them and they, they can't make them anymore. So, mm-hmm. Stefania, do you have any advice for people that are currently dreaming up a business? Um, search. Uh, do not be afraid to ask to people that they went in the same path, not like exactly what you are doing, but ask how they made it, which step they did, and if they could change something, if they had the possibility to change something, what it will be. Mm. And even reach out a potential client to figure out if your idea is really working or not. Did you have um, people that you had taste your stuff and um, test it for you before you launched it as a business? Or did you just sort of get that experience from when you were at Taste Unique? Uh, well, I was using the experience at Taste Unique, but before Open Taste Unique, I uh, forced a lot of people to try my food. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was uh, at Taste Unique, I was even baking the focaccia. And I, and I remember that I was dealing with the flour at that point, And I was like, offered three, four different focaccia and asked, like, okay, what do you think? And they were not able to test the difference. <laughs> yeah. And it was hard to, to figure out, okay, which one is the best one? Uh, because they, it wasn't easy for them to figure out. But for, for sure, I made a lot of tests. And my priority was like test uh, the process to cook uh, after I give away the frozen food because there are differences that you need to 
calibrate to make sure that the final dish cooked is just like you want. Yeah, everyone's ovens are different too. It's something that I realized right away is that like people, I I always have a gas oven and everything, you know, mm-hmm. every kitchen that I've done. And, and that's very different than especially if people have kind of the newer like convection style ovens or using now they have all different kinds of ways that people are cooking things. But sometimes important to say like, this is tested on this kind of oven. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, I bought an oven from one of the fancies from a uh, fancy store and it's from Australia mm-hmm. and I've had it since last summer and I still am trying to figure out how to use that oven. It's, it's so different The all the technology in the oven itself is yeah. so different. I keep burning things. It has a pizza setting. It's like so hot. Um, some of the coils are covered. Some of the coils are open the shelves sit differently. And it's like when you get an oven, you have to study it and learn, yeah. like learn how to use it. Yeah, definitely. I think especially now as they're like changing the technology of it, like they are better, but it takes us time to figure it out. <laughs> I had a friend who had a gas stove. She never was able to bake and it never worked properly. So yeah. And heating the oven up before you use it is really important. Very, very important. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yes, I I tried my uh, instruction to be very specific and even suggest if you want a more crispy on the top, use the broiler for this minute. But sometimes it's obvious, but I always put myself in the position to explain to somebody that he's not cooking at all. Um, yeah, make make the life easier in the kitchen. So yeah, I even say like you need to wait ten minutes before cut. Otherwise, the layer they will divide it. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I I noticed you sell a specific um lasagna cutting tool that I'd never seen before. Is the, that a, the in, best spatula? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I was looking for something that he was specific to portion and cut it. Uh, yeah few of my clients they were asking to me so I, I found it and now I can offer that too that's really cool I'd never seen one before I have like I feel like I always have every kind of kitchen utensil but that is not one that I had seen <laughs> that'd be a good gadget to buy yeah especially for when I get your delicious lasagnas <laughs> yeah well at that point you need to have even the bag then he's broke then there is manja manja in the side and that you will be sad I'll have everything I need <laughs> <laughs> manja manja <laughs> exactly you need to read that like in that way manja manja <laughs> well when we visited my cousins we my cousins live in Spino. And I was just a little girl, but I remember the grannies and the moms saying, manja, manja. We were trying to leave the table and they're like, no, manja. And we're like, no, we can't eat that much. And they just kept bringing more and more food. It was amazing. <laughs> well, Stefania, I always like to ask this question, which is what do you need from your community right now? How can we support you? Yeah, good question. Um. Keep buying my products is one. Um, if somebody has a kitchen or uh, with a storage uh, that will be uh, to rent, that will be a, a, a good thing. Um, 
and just have conversation once in a while like this, like um, to support each other is, I think is very important. That's very nice. Yeah, I think those are all yeah. great things. And I think that's why, um, you know, I'm so glad that I met you this summer at the farmer's market, even if you don't continue to do them. I think it's a great way to bring people together, especially at this time we're so separated. It's been nice to yeah. be, be with people outdoors and chat with people and get to know everybody. So I'm glad that you were there for that. Um, we want to um, encourage people to buy from you directly, too. So what's the best way for people to do that right now? Go on the website and use the website. There are different categories from like uh, the sauce, the uh, meals, whatever they want. They can place an order. They can decide to uh, pick up a cowbell or deliver to their house. Perfect. Well, we will send people your way. Everybody go and order delicious food from Stefania's website. And I'm so glad that you could be a guest on the show today. Unfortunately, we have to wrap it. So anything else, Sarah? Did you have any more questions for Stefania? No, I just need to to get on your email list so I can know when the meatballs are ready. Yes. Sounds good to me. <laughs> and we'll um, keep our listeners updated on if um, Sarah tricks Michael into thinking that she made those. <laughs> I'm going to try it. I actually have some meatballs in the freezer so I can cook those and then kind of slide these in and have them in a separate pot or something. <laughs> then we'll see if he notices. Good idea. To keep the secrets. We will keep the secrets. Keep the secrets. The keeper of the yeah. secrets. <laughs> well, thanks, everybody. Thank we, you. We record Masoni and Marshall live every week. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you to our audio engineer, Lon, and our production assistant, Chelsea. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can send us a message on our Instagram, Sony and Marshall, and we will be back next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Ciao. Market of Choice is a proud sponsor of Meaningful Marketplace. As a family-owned organ grocer for 42 years, Market of Choice strives to inspire, mentor, and assist a diverse group of local producers and foster equity in our communities. With 11 stores in Oregon, Market of Choice supports these craft makers, as well as farmers, fisherfolk, and ranchers by bringing more than 7,000 local products to market. Together, we form a sustainable, community-based food system that serves our great state. To learn more, go to marketofchoice.com. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.